call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of gris in my hand. Dig me tripping up. I'm back down by you. Hello. I'm the last of the best. They call me the Greedy Man. Jesus Christ. Got many clients. It's crazy here today. Come from miles around. Uh, so. Running down my. Welcome. Got <laughs> medicine. Jesus. All y'all. It's going off the rails here, guys. Welcome to the Po Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B. And I'm back with a new episode of the show. Just coming off a week-long vacation. Kind of been out and about, running around, and uh, went and stayed, did some camping, kind of. Went to Oklahoma City. Just, yeah, been around this last week, and uh, good times ensued. But anyway, I made no plans. So this is kind of an on-the-fly episode. I was sitting around. I thought I had a few people that might show up this morning. And unfortunately, they had other things come up. And I thought I was... Guys, I was this close. I almost had to do a solo. And out of nowhere, there it is. I don't know what the fuck, man. Jesus Christ. I can't get five minutes. Five minutes of quiet. Fuck. Anyway. Um, I got a dick pic with a joke this morning. It wasn't like a real dick. It was just a picture of a dick. And it was the elusive producer of this show, uh, Mr. Biff Swayze. If you listen to the first four or five episodes, he was the co-host there. But it's been pretty much me since. But, yeah, he lurks around in the shadows. He creeps and, uh, you know, does his thing. So I uh, managed to get him to manage to got him. I managed to get him to swing by and have a little chat today and it worked out okay man so i hope you enjoy um we're gonna fucking get into it and we go all over the place so buckle up and uh yeah i'll see you after after the show bitch if you got love trouble you got a bad woman you can't control i got just the thing for you Something called controlling hearts and get together drops. If you work too hard and you need a little rest, try my easy life rub or put some of my balls fixed jazz. Uh, 
Steve Earle coming in hot. Now, uh, people that aren't from, I guess, the South, he's, I don't know what his fucking, his area of the country is, but I think he's officially Southern Rock, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a little treat down here. You find these gemstones of a man saying, fuck the FCC and fuck the FBI, in a in a country rock song, and, uh, you hang on to that, you know what I mean? I, I get you. He sounds like a uh, gruffer uh, John Cougar Mellencamp. See, he's uh, he's got a very unique sound, and uh, that one is a lot more Tom Petty, if I had to call it anything. You know, he's very similar in that, but uh, I fucking love Steve Earle, man. I think his biggest song was the Copperhead Road song. You know that one? No, I, I, I can't say that I do. Well, I'll save you the trouble. It's a song about uh, his family... Uh, can can you sing a few lines? Uh, I I could. Um, he very gruffly in the beginning he starts by telling a story. It's a ballad. Uh, you know, uh, my name's John Lee Pettimore. Same with my daddy and a daddy before. And he goes into this whole thing and talks about how his grandfather and his father both made moonshine. And uh, in the end, he talks about how he went to Vietnam and he learned how to grow pot. And then he comes back and grows pot in the same hills that his uh, his dad and granddaddy did uh, whiskey in before. So, just a nice family fun story uh, about doing it's, illegal shit. Well, it's less flammable than the uh, the whiskey stills. At least he's not starting forest fires like his his father and his grandfather fucking arsonists. I don't know, dude. I think that uh, at the end of the day, moonshine will probably get you less than growing pot. <laughs> at least back in the '80s when this fucking song came out. No, no, I've seen that show, uh, Moonshiners. How how accurate is that? Um, well, I'm sure that the procedure's not that. You know, there are people that make fucking whiskey in their garage nowadays. It's a very, uh, very hobby, you know, centric thing with beer and whiskey and all kinds of shit. I think. I knew somebody who used to brew a, like a cake a week. It was fucking ridiculous. Like one, like the amount of shit you need in your garage to brew a cake a week, and two, the fact that you drink a cake a week. It's a lot of fucking beer. Um, I've I've come across a few people that make homemade alcohols and spirits, and to be honest with you, it's like one out of five for decent. Yeah, most of the time there's shit for the homemade stuff. It's like when anybody does anything artistic and you don't want to shit on them, but to them sometimes they're like, that shit is good. And you're like, this tastes like dog shit, but I don't want to be mean. (laughs) Most of the time I just find like with the beer, it's flat. Mm -hmm. With the hard alcohol, it either tastes like sugar and I know it's going to give me a really bad hangover or it tastes like battery acid. That's true. And that's, um, I have uh, uncles that have dabbled in making like homemade wine and shit like that and uh see my wife she drinks wine she drinks chardonnay she drinks pinot grigio and i'll have a glass or two here or there you know i like i like wine it's fine and uh these motherfuckers (laughs) will come at you with like a coke bottle like an empty two liter filled up with this this murky orange liquid (laughs) they're like yeah man that's my fucking my peach strawberry wine and you're like Alright. <laughs> you take a swig of it and you're like, Oh, this is this tastes like melted popsicle and PGA. <laughs> this is disgusting. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Um do you remember um before uh before absinthe became legal again when people used to brew their own? Right. Oh my god, that shit was terrible. 
I, uh, I'll say this. I've had a couple variants that you were talking about, like the Moonshiner show. Um, I've had yeah. two different like versions of Moonshine, officially. Um, one was more of a vodka style, you know, like mid-range proofage with a, just a nice, clean, you know, flavor. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't like the way they pr- they make it look in TV where it's like, oh, shit, you know, uh, grain alcohol, fucking light it on fire kind of shit. Now, I've had that one, too. And uh, that's one you mix with, like, 7-Up or something. But they say real moonshine, you don't want to drink sitting down because <laughs> that's the trick is it goes down real smooth when you mix it with, like, 7-Up. But uh, when you go to get up from your table, your legs don't work no more. <laughs> yeah, see, we don't we don't have that up here in, in the north. We 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 don't have uh, moonshiners and uh, bathtub bourbon and gin. I, I I mean, I I would drink it if we had it, but but we don't. You probably do. It's just not in the city, you know. Uh, Michigan is a is a big place. That is true. Um, there is a lot of militia up here, so they do. It is like the South. They, they, it's like they don't want to be from the North. I'm just saying, Kid Rock is from there. I've, I've seen and read about that guy a few times. You know, <laughs> he's the only Northerner I know that uh, used to sport the Rebel flag. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> no, that's actually pretty common here. I, I, I had wanted to do a, uh, I had wanted to do a bit uh, called uh, Midwest Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> where it was about uh, two two guys who thought they were you know rednecks and ranchers or what have you you know full regalia the the wranglers the boots the hats yeah um, because it's actually pretty popular up here to dress that way like they have fucking line dancing bars and shit it, it's ridiculous oh I feel so loved usually we get made fun of for that kind of shit man no up here uh especially like when i lived in uh chicagoland area like in the like uh, mundelein and vernon hills area especially um it would like they watch the fucking rodeo and they wear the big belt buckles there's actually like um there's actually like a fucking store in gurney mills uh, i think it's still there it's been a few years since i've been back to illinois um that was the well at least that part because why the fuck would i go to gurney mills right um, <laughs> like if i'm going to go to chicago i, I don't want to go to the suburbs like i want to go to the city but anyway regardless of that point um they have um it's like the size of a bass pro and it's like those fucking country western shirts so you can come out looking like a cowboy oh it's a western wear store we have a couple of those um but it's more prominent here you just you know, you, you find the shit in your grandpa's closet. You don't have to go to a store to buy it. Yeah, up, up by my parents, um, they have um, they have Farm Fleet and Fleet Farm. Mm-hmm. Like they're two different stores, but they're essentially the same thing. And that's that's where everybody shops for their clothes. And it's you know the Wranglers and the the you know the polyester shirts with the pearl snap shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a tough look, man. I uh, it's not as comfortable as it seems. Uh, I myself have pretty thick thighs, and uh, they don't fit so well into a set of them Wrangler Nuthugger jeans. So uh, I've, I've been there before, believe it or not. When I was uh, I moved from the kind of trailer park, uh, semi suburban area that I was at to the country, and uh, dude, I got made fun of so hard. Uh, when I got there, 
<laughs> I thought I was trying to look cool, and it was, you know, uh, 2001, around that time. Yeah. So one of my first outfits that I wore to school, I wore uh, FUBU, FUBU jeans. <laughs> and, uh, I remember those. FUBU jeans, big stovepipe leg, not quite Jinko jean stovepipes, but definitely big baggy fucking pants. And uh, had pockets all the way down to the, the knee. <laughs> And uh, a big ass, like blue and white, uh, Fubu jersey, right? So yeah. it showed up in Fubu, but I didn't have a lot of shoes back then, so I wore just a pair of round tip brown cowboy boots. <laughs> which, Man, I'd hate to see that. Which, with the stovepipe legs, uh, every once in a while, the goddamn pant leg would hook around the tip of my shoe and the heel, and I'd almost trip walking down the fucking hallway. Oh, man, that, that, that'd be bad. And the first, the first cowboy. <laughs> There's no running away from that. No. Because you'd fucking break your neck. The first person that finally caught it said it out loud. Go, look at this motherfucker with his fubu and boots. Fubu and boots. That's what I'm gonna call you, man. And that shit stuck for like six months, dude. Couldn't shake it. Fubu and boots. <laughs> <laughs> it's like puss and boots, but, but worse. Fucking foo boots, man. Well, wow. I guess I'm gonna go ahead and do an official introduction. Welcome everybody to the Po' Boys Podcast. I'm your host Jody B, and uh, today we have uh, a treat. Uh, if you've listened to the show up until this point, you uh, you know exactly who this person is. But I've discovered that a lot of you motherfuckers don't. So, that's fine. We're going to kind of do some house cleaning real quick. Uh, my co-host today is the uh, the one and only super producer, Mr. Biff Swayze. Uh, straight out of the roaming suburb metropolis of Detroit, Michigan. And... Uh, we're going to talk for a little bit and just kind of work some shit out. But hey, Biff, how you doing, motherfucker? Uh, I can't complain. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride. Um, it's been a minute, uh, but I'm, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm okay, man. Just took my, uh, my vacation from a birthmas. I'm uh, turned 31 years old. I'm getting older by the day. And uh, yeah, I came in with no plan this morning. I said, let's just see what happens. Let's see if this, this network of people that I've developed will be able to catch the old boy Jody B as he goes looking for a, an, an emergency guest and yep yeah, I almost hit the ground Biff <laughs> and, then, and then out of the blue I, I sent you a dick pic Biff Swayze sent me a picture of a dick and made me laugh a little and I said motherfucker what you doing <laughs> I, I was surprised that, that you were up at 7.30 in the morning I uh, I like to get up early on Sunday, man, because I don't, you know, I work so much during the week that the weekends are kind of the only day to get. So I, uh, you know, I'll sleep late, nine o'clock maybe some Sundays, but usually I'm up by eight, and I can't can't lay around my day off. Yeah, well, once you have kids, man, your fucking sleep is over, dude. Yeah, no shit. He got me this morning. He woke up at five thirty. Uh, because he shit in his pants. Boom. I, I woke up at 6.30 this morning because I almost shit my pants. It's like it's kismet. I think mine was about 7.30, 8 o'clock. Yeah, because uh, same thing, man. I had Chinese food last night. This shit got me. I'm sitting in the recliner chair holding the baby, and I'm just going, oh, man, 
<laughs> I gotta, I gotta start fucking gurgling. Ooh, I gotta put you down, kid. And then I want to get up out the chair. He wakes up, and I go, "Ah, oh, fuck." Side note: I think the kid fell asleep with his head kind of tucked into my armpit last night, and I'm pretty sure like either his head sweat or my armpit sweat. But like, I woke up, and like the whole pillow was wet and shit. It was weird. I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" We're both oh, man. we're hot people and skin on skin, bro. It never fails. We'll make sweat happen. I I always used to do that on the days where I'd forget deodorant and then he'd wake up smelling like my fucking armpit funk, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking rotten onions and chicken noodle soup. We just uh, we cut his hair last night, so I think that was it. How'd too. that go? Um, not great. Uh, that's something they don't explain. There's so many little things that come along with having a kid that i'm sure they put in a book but i wish they would put it a little closer to the front there's little things you're gonna have to deal with like uh you know like armpit sweating on your kid uh last night i took a shower with him and i accidentally blew a snot rocket on his head (laughs) it was good and it's good it's a good thing that i don't pee in the shower much anymore because the last time i did i forgot he was in there i almost peed on him i was like this is getting weird (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah yeah i i I, so i'm mildly germaphobic i never bathed with with my son i just i couldn't do it it was uh, (laughs) it was a weird thing because i used to just give him a bath and i don't know i was just this is stupid i can kill two birds with one stone and so we just get in there and uh fortunately for me i'm not uh not packing very much dick so you know i don't really have to worry about the turnaround factor uh my good buddy papa Wright from the last episode uh told me that that was about the time he quit taking baths with his kid was the one time he accidentally dick slapped his his fucking seven-year-old something like that and he was just like well y'all take baths uh by yourself now cool (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah like i'm not super weird about you know like showering or anything like that or changing in front of them but at the same time like uh, i just don't want to just like body yuck on me man i don't know i find that shit weird no kids are funky as fuck man that's another thing yeah like we don't really eat after him. I definitely don't drink after him. Hardly. Fuck no. Mm-hmm. You nasty. You nasty little <laughs> motherfucker. Get your mouth off my cup. <laughs> yeah, once once he does that, it's, it's fucking over, man. That shit's his. He uh, he had a blast. We went to like a... They called it a, a children's museum. We went to fucking Oklahoma City yes, uh, day before yesterday, Biff. And uh, it was it was a real interesting week. We we took the week off for vacation. Uh, the first three days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we stayed at this little fucking camp place down in South Arkansas. Uh, screened-in porch, high-rise little uh, little I don't know, like a two-bedroom cabin thing. And it was a blast, dude. It was quiet. It was dark. We heard owls. I saw a beaver. And not my wife's pussy. I mean, like, a beaver. It was out in the water, chilling. And uh, it was a good time, you know? Relaxed. I, I, I like seeing beaver in the water, too. It's pretty crazy, man. It was funny how it happened because the, the beaver uh, was in the water. And apparently beavers, when they get pissed off or whatever, they smack their tail in the water. And, spl- and splashes. You know, whack, whack. 
So we're on the, the porch, we're smoking and drinking, and uh, we hear a slap on the water, and my wife goes, what the fuck was that? And I go, it's a beaver. Now, I'm completely talking out of my ass at this point. <laughs> I go, it's, it's a beaver. Yeah, they slap their tail on the water, whatever. She goes, uh-uh. I go, yeah, man, that's what they do. So <laughs> blindly, I'm just talking shit, and then I, I start Googling it, and it says, well, they do that, but they usually will slap it a bunch. Like, it's not just one one slap and they stop. So I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm probably wrong. Um, whatever. I'm going to shut the fuck up. The next night, we're outside. It happens again. And, you know, at that point, I was just talking shit. I go, oh, maybe it's a fucking beaver. And she goes, it is a beaver. It's right down there. I said, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah, I saw it a minute ago. I said, get the... There's an ant- There's a beaver down there? And she goes, yeah, look. And she gave me a flashlight, and I turned it on. And, dude... There was this fucking beaver just chilling right on the bank, uh, gnawing on a branch and fucking smacking his tail on the water. I was like, God damn. <laughs> it's a beaver. And uh, You're an observant person, Jody. Observant. I, boy, I was on like three different sheets. <laughs> I, was, I was out there. So uh, it, we went from, my point was, we went from the nice, calm... Uh, serene environment to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma in a day and uh, man that place it's uh, it's big it's it's busy I didn't like it <laughs> I didn't like the hotel we stayed in I fucking, I don't know, I had like a breakdown dude, I fucking hated every second of it <laughs> I can imagine my, my brother and his husband uh, manage a campground out there Yeah, and I just uh, of all places, why Oklahoma? Uh, or Oklahoma City, sorry. Oklahoma City. Um, we were maybe a mile from the wherever the basketball place is, the arena for the OKC Thunder or whatever. Is that it? It was the Golden Knights. I don't fucking watch basketball. Anyway, just, dude, the, the streets are all tore up, and it's, it's fucked. Uh, we went down. First of all, I'm used to staying in hotels that are, I guess, less than than five star, four star, whatever the fuck. <clears throat> this place didn't have a, a a mini fridge. It didn't have a microwave. You know, I got a two year old. I, I fucking he eats. And we eat. You know, it 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 was really strange getting to the place, and we're like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, what am what if I want a soda or something? <laughs> I open this door. It's just an ice bucket. And uh, I don't know what it is, man. I've only stayed in a couple of these, like, you know, nice hotels, uh, air quote. And you get there, and you're kind of like, I mean, this is all right. But, I mean, you know, fucking the Holiday Inn, I I get a fridge, and I can put TV dinners and shit in there. Like, this is is stupid. I don't want to have to eat out every goddamn meal. Couldn't drink because I had to watch the baby and it was just it was just a shitty couple of days man well it was a day one 24 hours we drove to Oklahoma my wife went to like five classes and then we drove back <laughs> we didn't even stay a whole night you, you hated it that much it was dude it was I'm gonna say this I don't I don't go to a lot of hotels but this was probably one of the worst places I've ever stayed it's like the Renaissance Hotel in Oklahoma City we stayed on the 15th floor I'm scared of heights. So just the elevator, they got one of those open window glass fucking elevators. Just going up to our room was like, oh, wow, this sucks. 
we get up there and uh it's just like i said there's no fridge there's no and i'm i'm, I'm like well okay well i guess let's go look and find something to eat so we go walking around it's downtown you know what i'm saying like it's just buildings everything closes at six o'clock we walked probably a mile you know just around the block and it was just everything was closed nothing couldn't even get a soda i'm like this is fucking lame we come back we get our car we go to like trader joe's we said fuck it let's go get some snacks at least and uh yeah we get there and we go to get some dinner we start looking at restaurants everything closes at nine o'clock what the fuck is up with this hillbilly ass town like i'm from little rock man like shit at least stays open till 11 what the fuck man that does that does suck that's that's what i hate about some of those like uh smaller areas like oklahoma and even though like there's there's no place in oklahoma that has anything good to offer i'm I'm sorry for anybody who listens out in oklahoma but i'm sorry that you're there it was it was kind of pretty driving up there you know and everybody was nice i'll say that i didn't have one issue with any person Uh, everybody seemed polite uh, there was a homeless guy that kind of scared my, my my kid at one point. It was funny. Uh, <laughs> we were walking, and is this older black dude. And he had a good good lead on us, probably about 60 yards. You know, a good little distance in front of us. And then this dude comes jogging past us and towards the homeless guy. And then he passes the homeless guy. <laughs> well, the homeless guy throws his bag of shit on the ground, whatever it is. And he throws both of his hands up in the air, and he goes... Touchdown! <laughs> and my kid kind of jumped back, like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but uh, you know, one thing that was another crazy thing—the hotel, dude—it just the bathroom was funky, the grout was nasty. Like they gave us two towels, and they had a little sign that was like, "Hey, maybe you should like hang your towels up and let them dry, and then use them again, because you know, save the planet, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, now fuck that. Bring me more towels." I'm in a hotel. You bring me towels now. <laughs> what am I paying you for? Um, so the windows in this place, it's like just one giant, like a six foot bay window on the end of the hotel room. And we're on the 15th floor. So it's a good view, you know. Now, I've stayed in a bunch of casinos before, and those windows are locked. Like they don't open just so people can't jump out them usually but yeah it's like a safety hazard right it, it, well there was i stayed at one uh it's no longer there anymore but in vegas there used to be this hotel called the hotel san remo uh it's now the hooters hotel uh that one the balcony and the windows actually did open see i'm in this place my kid is sitting on the fucking ledge like the windowsill and he's banging his head on the glass and i'm like dude you need to fucking stop that. <laughs> like, so I go over and I get a hold of him and I pull him back and I'm looking at the window and I go, wait a minute. I look up and all it has is that one little metal, little turny thing lock in the middle. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I go, there's not even a fucking screen on this window. <laughs> I, <laughs> you would have gone right out. I took the kid and I, I fucking put him over in the bed and I walked back over. And Biff, I'm I'm fucking scared of heights. It's one of my only fears. I hate to be that way, but it is. Like I can't. My knees start locking up and shit. So like I'm I'm at the window and I go hold on. So I I turn the lock. And I take my fucking just my thumb and I start to kind of ease that window open. 
and I get it just open enough to where I can see through, like I can take my finger and stick it through to feel like there is nothing on the other side of this window. Nada. <laughs> and that really bothered me. I was like, this is crazy. Because, <laughs> okay, so the first place my mind went was jumping out the window. But I'm a, I'm a crazy person. So then I start thinking about, like, you remember the Vegas shooter guy? I yeah. was like, dude, like, you wouldn't even have to break this window. You could just open this shit and start throwing shit out the window. You could fucking shoot people. You could you could throw some... That's how you get on a, on a list, Jody. That, that's could... exactly how you get on a list. No, I'm not Googling it, so that's good. The robots won't... The, the machines, they won't hear this. But I'm saying, like, is that not kind of nuts that on a 15-story... Well, I'm 150 feet in the air. Sudden death, bro. If you jump out, that's game over. You could trip somebody out that window. You know what I'm saying? You could literally kill somebody and then be out of that hotel room and fucking on your way before anybody even realizes what happened. That's fucking crazy. And I said, I've had enough. (laughs) The bed sucked. Dude, you ever heard of a fucking box spring? This shit was a five-inch match. Like, it was just a mattress... And then a pillow top comforter thing, you know. It was the most uncomfortable bed I've ever slept in. And I've slept on the fucking ground. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So, yeah. My wife, we, we drove five and a half hours to get there. We slept overnight. She got up and went to classes. Now, the next day, I took the kid to this really awesome place for, for like, children. Like a children's museum, I think they called it. And it was just a yeah. fucking building full of shit for kids to do. It was great. He had a blast. Yeah, they have a few of those around here. There's this one, you, you speak that you're afraid of heights, but there's one down in Toledo where you can uh, ride a bike on a wire um, on, from the second floor of, of the museum from one balcony to the other. Oh, that's fucking crazy. I dare you to do it. No, I'd probably shit on somebody's head. I would. I double dog dare, double dog dare you then to do it because I want to see you shit on somebody's head as well. <laughs> you can triple dog it's dare win-win. me. I ain't doing it. Uh, dude, it was it was a lot of fun. They had some big ass like animatronic dinosaurs. They had like bubble walls where you could like make just whole body bubbles. It was it was a lot of fucking fun. I think they should have more of these places for people to go with their kids. You know, especially in cityscapes where there's nothing, just little parks, dude. Like to have this little place where you could just go, and it's it's drier vents. And, and and the front end of an airplane mounted on the wall so that kids can get in there and sit down and hit buttons and shit. Like, it's cool. It's good times. Yeah, it sounds like it could be fun. I did see a lot of women in there. That it, The whole place is volunteer, right? So, um, there's I, there was a lot of fucking chicks in there. I have to make a note. I saw three dudes the whole time, and the place was packed. And it was just ass and titties and big booty bitches. Milfs. Anyway, um, walking around in there, there were a lot of young ladies who were either Amish or uh, Pentecost, like the this real deal Pentecostal, like they had on the old Little House on the Prairie outfits. Maybe they were Amish. I don't know. But uh, at least eight young ladies who looked like they were in a fucking, like a weird sex cult thing <laughs> walking around in these doll dresses and uh little bonnets it was crazy we should get somebody who's on rum to uh to appear right. 
they'd be wiling out, huh? Yeah, find out find out what really happens because I, I I did watch that uh, Amish Mafia for a while and I you know and by a while I mean like three episodes because then I learned it was like fake, but the Amish man that, that shit seems like relatively interesting. I watched like a season and a half of that show. I knew it was fake after like the third or fourth episode, but I didn't care. I wanted to believe. <laughs> yeah, when they're fucking firebombing a place with people in it, you're like, oh, oh, okay, come on now. So was that the the one that got you? Was it the, the firebomb? Because I know what my moment was. The, yeah, because it was like the third episode. They're in a barn and somebody firebombs the fucking barn. And it's like, come on now. <laughs> I'm not serious. Well, how about, did you see that there was an, okay, there was an episode where somebody had been bottling milk, like raw milk. And uh, apparently that's against the law to sell that. Yeah. Uh, so th- there's a little guy, uh, a little person, Amish dude, who has like big man syndrome and he shows up with an attitude. And I think he goes in the basement and he smashes everything with a bat. There's just milk everywhere. He's just like a little person in an Amish outfit smashing jars of milk and yeah. like talking shit while he's like, yeah, <laughs> break the law. And uh, that was that was when I stopped believing, bro. I was like, <laughs> no, that never happened ever. Uh, matter of fact, <laughs> uh, there was a follow-up to that where he had a beef with somebody and he climbed on the hood of their car and with that same bat started beating the shit out of their fucking window and fucking their car up. And I was like, that would never happen either. I said, because if a little person jumped on my hood, I'm throwing that shit in drive and we're going for a ride. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You know, like, right? not gonna happen. So yeah, that's I couldn't get down with it. I go, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they they flew too close to the sun. Like like if they would have just like kept it believable. Like the one that got me for the longest was that uh, Repo Wars, I think, or the one with the chick with the bad eyebrows and the blonde hair. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't fuck with those or the towing shows because I knew those were like they're staged reality. So it's like things that happen and then they react the shit out. But it's probably somebody saying like, "Well, there's one time where I was out on a job and uh, <laughs> you know, and that's how they form the fucking storylines, and then they bad act it out." <laughs> it's it's like um it's like the WWE rejects WWE motherfucker. That's tonight. WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, John Cena, right? John Cena wrestles uh, The Rock. Uh, is it The Rock? I thought it was. I, I, I don't know. I'll be. I was. So were you. Speaking shit up. Trying to get my beaver moment, damn it. Uh, well, I don't really watch a lot of wrestling, but I do watch WrestleMania every year. And. Uh, <sighs> Apparently it's going to be a, a show. It's going to be a seven-hour WrestleMania. <laughs> Fucking seven hours of WrestleMania. That really is a WrestleMania. It starts at like four o'clock and it goes to like eleven. <laughs> uh, he's supposed to be fighting the Undertaker. How is the Undertaker still alive? <laughs> Funny story. My mom was here not too long ago, and she actually said, "So we're sitting there drinking," <laughs> and my mom goes. Hey, uh, it was, I said something about Ralphie May because he had died. You know, I said something. Yeah, but he died. She goes, "Did you hear that one wrestler guy died?" And I go, "Which one?" She goes, "Uh, you know, the Undertaker guy, I think." And I go, 
and I, I looked at her and I said, okay, look, I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty in the know as far as like what's happening. I said, if the undertaker had died, I probably would have heard about it. I wouldn't be hearing about it from a mom. <laughs> so I proceeded to make fun of her and I was just like, well, I mean, he's died like eight times. He's the undertaker. It's kind of his thing. Sometimes he dies in the middle of, of, of a fight and then he lays there and then he sits up. <laughs> It's the damnedest thing you ever heard. <laughs> oh no! Wait, here's the lineup. All right, that was a that was a bad Google search. All right, here's from CBS. It's uh, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, uh, AJ Styles against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. Wow, he's back versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. John Cena challenges the Undertaker again. Okay, I'm, I'm stupid. He'll be, um, he'll be there. Charlotte Flair versus Asuka, uh, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, The Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Ooh, they're having a three-way. Mm. Kinky. Randy Orton versus Bobby Rhodes versus Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. Nobody likes quads. Uh, Usos versus New Day versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, man, there's like a fucking... And there's a battle royal. Yeah, there's a giant battle royal. Giant Battle Royal. Andre the Giant Battle Royal. That's how giant it is. It's Andre the Giant. It's going to be legendary. I actually got to see uh, Andre the Giant uh, wrestle live once against the Ultimate Warrior at the Rose Mile Horizon in like 1986. That's pretty crazy, man. I don't think I ever saw old school WWF. Um, I went to like two here. It's pretty cool to see once, but uh, yeah. that's a good one, man. That's that's uh, a... Yeah, I also saw uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka against Ravishing Rick Rude. Um, I was also I also saw Owen Hart's last match bef- the night before, well, two nights before he died. Um, so he was at the Rosemont Horizon uh, in a tag team match with Kane, and then two days later was the pay per view where he died. That's pretty crazy, man. I remember when that happened. I was in grade school. I was probably like eight or nine years old. And somebody said it, like, Owen Hart died. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, we didn't have cell. It's nothing. Magazines at that point were the only real kind of thing you can get your real information from with wrestling. And uh, sure enough, dude, that shit came on Monday Night Raw. They did a little in memoriam and they rang the bell. And I was like, damn. And then I got older and I started trying to find like pictures and shit, trying to just see what it looked like or what happened. And I was just like, that's some sad ass shit, man. <laughs> yeah. No. Being afraid um, of heights, gravity is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I, you wouldn't catch me doing that shit. I, I wouldn't be plummeting, you know, a hundred and something stories to my death. I mean, I don't, I feel like it wasn't even that far. Like, I know he, I'm not saying that he didn't descend a long way from the ceiling, but what I'm saying is I don't think he was that far off the ground. It's just the fact that he was far enough and the way he landed. Like, I think he like headbutt the fucking ring pole or something or the turnbuckle. Yeah, because I think he had a seizure or something when he hit. Yeah. So it's I, what he he maybe fell like thirty or forty feet. Like if he would have been on like the big ladder match, like the the big ones that they have, and jumped off the top, that probably would have been about the equivalent. It's just he landed bad. Yeah, and then there's the what happened to draws, getting paralyzed. It's, it's a brutal sport. 
I took my kid to go see uh, WWE for the Winter Road Show, but it was it was really, really fucking boring. Was it? Yeah, I think they have to tone it down a lot just because. Yeah, I'm from like the, the the generation of chair shots and moonsaults, man. That was the jam. But I think over the years they've really, really kind of tuned it back. But it's been for good reason, you know. There's certain certain moves and things that you just shouldn't do. It's not healthy. <laughs> uh, I still go on to YouTube and I watch like the Japanese death matches and um, the fucking old Juggalo ones. I, I, like, if they're not covered in blood and keloided scars, it's just not interesting. <laughs> you're, you're laughing because you know I'm not fucking joking. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been to a dog fight, Biff? It seems like it might be right up your alley. Well, I do. I do live right outside of Detroit. Um, no, um, I, I don't condone dog fighting. If um, if you're if you're old enough to make the decision that you want to attack somebody with a weed whacker and they are going to also attack you with a weed whacker, I have no problem watching that. Just don't spray me with the blood because I don't want to get your HIV. That's uh, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, those matches were crazy. Those old Terry Funk fucking Mick Foley jams. They still have some of those. If you go to like the <laughs> Civic Center on the right night, man, you'll see somebody get fucking shanked with a uh, fl- fluorescent tube. Have you ever accidentally like stuck yourself with barbed wire, like trying to cross a fence or some shit? N- n- no, I-, I don't really live in an area where there's barbed wire. Oh, I guess that that's true. It's more, <laughs> more than my kind of country thing. You can't can't really relate. The barbed wire you find at the top of our fences here. <laughs> They're not just made out of just fences made out of just barbed wire. <laughs> no, like in, so there's a part of Detroit that's called a uh, Mexican village or Mexican town, and I'm not even being racist. That's what it actually says on the map. And there they have these uh, the shops will close up with uh, chain link fences around the whole entire shop. So they'll shutter the shop, put a chain link fence around, it, and these chain link fences are like eight to ten feet tall, like what you would see at a junkyard. And then there's fucking barbed wire on the top of that. That's pretty intense, bro. <laughs> but hey, fuck it. There's, I hate to be this way, but there's probably a reason uh, that maybe they got broke into a couple times. <laughs> Just a few. But they have, like, uh, my favorite place to go there is this, like, uh, this place called Takirel, right? Man, fucking amazing tacos. Shit neighborhood, though. You ever, uh, I don't know, Jesse Ventura said something about reading barbed wire. Did you know how to fucking direction it's going tells you what kind of shit is inside no he said he's he's, a, he's crazier than us he's crazy but it made sense he because he was talking about some shit i don't know but he was like you tell me what the answer is <laughs> getting all fucking nuts <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like so i saw the compound it had barbed wire around the top of it and he's like you know how to read barbed wire i think it was joe rogan or some shit and he was like no tell me and he's like well i'll tell you <laughs> he said when barbed wire is pointed outwards it's to keep people out he said when it's curved inward it's to keep people in and when it's up it's neutral <laughs> and it was just it was funny when you think about it like yeah and now every time i see barbed wire or razor wire fences i always like look at it and go oh, okay because it's true if it's curved inwards it's like a prison it's to keep people inside and if it's straight up it's just to keep people out and if it's outwards, then it's like really to keep people out. It's like a radio station <laughs> or electrical box or something. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it makes sense. 
like um I'll, I'll take pictures next time i'm uh down eight mile uh but like they um the they put uh wrought iron uh boxes over the uh, air conditioner units oh shit like rebar like those fucking- yeah Oh. Rebar cages over the over air conditioner units. Even like even at homes, if you're like close enough to Detroit. Like when I lived in Taylor, uh, I don't know if Val still listens to the show, but like when I lived in uh, Taylor, uh, they would uh, pretty much all the places are in their their air conditioner. That's nuts. See, in places like Missouri, they just mount them on the side of your fucking house. <laughs> they put a nah, ten, here, 10 feet off the ground bam <laughs> good luck here if, a, here if a place is abandoned for too long they'll strip out all the electrical wire and plumbing like somebody from the city will do it or you mean like the crackheads and the, the fucking the scrappers the scrappers yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah like um, I, I'll, I'll have to take some photos because I've, I've been spending a lot of time like um, like uh, um, down down midtown well not midtown detroit because that's actually nice but like out you know like uh seven mile eight mile it's very interesting to me i mean i'm not i wouldn't take my chances just because i've learned at this point don't be stupid you know what i'm saying like it, you can see some stuff but don't go looking for trouble and uh i know that there are some really bad places in in these united states and i've heard stories about detroit and, and chicago and Miami and Houston and different places where shit can pop off and New Orleans places you'll never even know just how much shit goes down because they don't romanticize every murder. <laughs> yeah, I, I spend a lot of time in Detroit. I've been here for about five years now and I spend a lot of time in the city limits and I have to say it really isn't bad. I, I haven't been mugged. I haven't been murdered. I haven't been robbed. I haven't had my car stolen or broken into. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but it's not as bad as what everybody makes it out to be. So is it like it just keep your head on a swivel? Like just don't, you know, put yourself in weird situations. Like have you ever had close calls? You know? Um, yeah, I almost had a road rage road rage incident a while back off of um off of uh, six mile. Um, but that 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 you know I I kind of provoked as well. Like uh, you know here people are quicker to fight. I saw uh, I was on the Dearborn Detroit border, and um, I saw. Uh, the owner of the sandwich shop get into a fight with one of the customers because the customer said that their sandwich was wrong. And like the owner of the shop tried to stab the customer, the customer threw the sandwich at the woman's head. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. And like, it's a, it's a legal carry state here. Like you can open carry without any paperwork. You can get a conceal and carry license. So I'm like, man, fuck, what if somebody starts shooting? Right. So, so shit like that happens. I see, like when I lived in Taylor, I would see fights in the Kroger for parking spots. Um, you know, so, uh, but then like in some of the more, uh, uh, more upscale areas, uh, you don't have that. And so what it seems like is it seems like it's really where the areas are depressed that, that it's probably just like anywhere else that there's something more likely that could occur. So does it seem like it's more the areas where, uh, do you have any spots where the poverty meets the rich? Like, cause that's where I see a lot of conflict, you know, just different places where you see that overlap. You cross. Oh man. And Inkster, it's really bad. Like there's, yeah. um, there's, a, there's million dollar homes, but then there's no police and there's, um, you know, there's no police, no fire. 
uh, department, no no uh, street lights at night, and it's just it's just fucking crazy, rife with drug dealers and shootings and murders. It's it's fucking bad. That's nuts, man. So you'll see you'll see like a really nice ass home, and then like 300 feet later, you'll see a fucking trailer park with half burnt down trailers and shit and homes that are, have fucking bars on the windows to keep people out. Like I was driving through and uh, fucking one of the drug squads like stopped my car because like they had like fucking 60 A agents like running across the street to go raid a home. Like they just didn't want me running over them. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. And those places exist, dude. It was funny when we were in OKC this, uh, this weekend fucking we were driving it was nighttime and you can just kind of feel it when you get to a certain part of town you know it just it changes you kind of just you notice more broken glass more shit in the street you know broken down cars fucked up houses i'll i'll um i'll go down one of the neighborhoods in eight mile and take some photos for you um there you can see it from the street where the houses are burnt down you can see where like they took kicked out all the windows and just stripped the inside of the house and graffitied it up and there's whole neighborhoods like that those are the areas that you don't want to go down yeah if you stay on the main strip you're fine but i I wouldn't go down in any of those neighborhoods fucking wasteland man uh, yeah, but it's not all like that. It's it, it was a lot worse when I first moved here, but it, over the years, it's um, they've cleaned it up a lot. They've been doing a good job. Yeah, it seems like people are trying to advertise the revitalization of Detroit. Dude, it left a big hole. That auto industry was a fucking was a big deal, and cutting it back the way they did, man, it put a lot of fucking people out of work. And it's sad. <laughs> yeah, but it's coming back now. Um, yeah. So. They've had a big influx in, in employment and uh, revitalization, like you said. Um, so I think, you know, I think there's, I mean, you can only go up, right? I mean, when you hit rock bottom, you know what I'm saying? That's it's kind of the only upside to rock bottom is once you hit that shit, you got nowhere to go but up. <laughs> right. Did I tell you I survived my first terrorist attack? Uh, no, but you can. Please elaborate. So, so uh, I was actually in New York City back in uh, October, uh, meeting with uh, meeting with some people, and uh, I was on that bike path like just a few hours before, like you know, like two hours before the uh, before the attack started. Mm. That's not good. Yeah, man. I went to go. I went to go. You know, I asked the cabbie, "Hey, where does every where does every tourist go? I want to take some nice pictures." And he dropped me off there. I was only there for like half hour, 45 minutes, and then left. But if I would have been there for like another hour or so, man, I, I, man my ass would have been dodging that Home Depot truck. Dude. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, it's crazy that, that people have started figuring out to use cars to kill people. Uh, I used to think that when I, you know, when I was younger even. Just like you could just run somebody over with a car. You know, and it seems like the bad guys didn't figure that out till just recently. Well, it happens all the time in Chicago. I was in the loop last summer, man, trying to fucking cross the uh, crosswalk is is like fucking Frogger. Oh, dude, I saw somebody. <laughs> the internet is a terrible, terrible place. You don't, you just don't understand how much force is behind that shit unless you've been in an accident or you've been hit or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It pisses me off. It's kind of like just the idea of a fist fight. 
You know what I'm saying? If you've been in a couple, you understand the consequences. You don't go looking for them, but you understand what it comes along with. There are people in this world that have never been punched in the fucking head. (laughs) It doesn't feel good, usually. It it doesn't feel great. It teaches you some things. So, there are people in this world who are just drifting through, have never experienced that kind of a, a sensation. So, they don't understand what some consequence of their action might be. It's the same thing when I see people driving and texting on their phone or not fucking paying attention and they nearly almost hit people, you know, and cause accidents. And I go, dude, you need to fucking understand, like, you could kill somebody. It's it's a lot. I saw a video the other day of these fucking, like, a moped coming through an intersection and his car just smacked the shit out of him. Both the people went flying through the air like ragdoll. It was insane. I was just like, oh, God damn. <laughs> and it happens probably a lot more than, than we realize. Mm. That's that's why I drive big cars now, man. Like I used to drive like Fuck real yeah. low to the ground, <laughs> sportsters type cars. And I'm like, Mm-mm. Give me, fucking a semi is going to run over my ass one of these days. Give me that Yukon, bitch. Yeah, fucking. No, I, fucking being a little fucking Fiero. No. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. My wife drives a Fiat. Now, they're supposed to be really safe. Like, they show, you know, uh, <laughs> demonstrations of, like, a whole Suburban sitting on top of the, the frame of a Fiat. And they're like, look, it's fine. <laughs> you go, okay. I don't really want to experience being in a, a bump in that little fucking car. I'm hoping we get something bigger <laughs> soon. Yeah, no, fuck that, man. I, I, I drove an Oveo for a minute, and that shit was way too fucking tiny. First, like, my fat ass had to practically sit in the back seat to drive the fucking thing. <laughs> it's one of the joys, like, man. Being a big dude in a small vehicle, it's great. <laughs> yeah, man, it looks fucking ridiculous. Like, uh, I've, I've been looking at uh, sports cars, and my wife is like, you can't buy that. You look fucking retarded. Or, sorry, ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, man, it's... I remember I've had at least two or three cars in my life. that And Biff... I'm not a big dude. I'm I'm six foot. I'm probably two twenty. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm I'm a decent sized individual. Yeah, so I got like fifty pounds on you, and I'm about the same height. Right. So I'm saying it's sometimes shit gets a little weird, like buying shirts. You know, I need an extra lot, an extra large, but I don't need the extra belly room. I need it to be a little longer. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just weird things that we run into being this size, and one of them is like getting in and out of like a Honda Civic. <laughs> which is yeah. what i drive now so imagine you know getting into a road rage thing with me and fucking i we, we pull over and all of a sudden you see me get out of it in like a pair of coveralls and a fucking you know what's up motherfucker <laughs> it's been- uh, no i was looking at a, a ferrari portofino and fucking i couldn't even fit in the fucking thing <laughs> it's like getting into a Miata. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I, I wouldn't even try to get into a fucking Miata. Miata's the worst car. So lame. We have Miata car clubs here. And you just want to laugh at them, but you, you're not supposed to laugh at people, but you really, really want to. Like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it can get bad. Like, um, like, when I see a dude driving an Eclipse, like, that's just why. <laughs> a prelude. What's up, dude? <laughs> A probe. Mm. I think we're gonna go pick up truck. It's about time. You know, get us a nice, 
Nice. You need to get a pickup truck so then you can help me move. And then I can help me move, motherfucker. You know how it is being a grown man in Arkansas and not having a pickup truck or access to it and having to call my fucking redneck ass friends and be like, hey, <laughs> can, I, can I borrow your truck or can you like take me to this place to pick up this box of shit that I need? You know, like it's it's a little embarrassing. So um, I think I'm ready to go ahead and take the jump. Might get an old truck, might get a new truck. I don't fucking know, but I think it's about time. I feel safer, like you said, at least being a little higher off the fucking ground than. Uh, Dude, it'll change your life. Like, um, so I, I I bought a truck about two years ago now, and um, now I don't think I can go back to a standard car. Yeah, well, I don't think my wife has ever owned one. And I've I've driven a few. We always had shitty cars, so I've driven a bunch of different shitty cars in my life. And uh, I gotta say, I enjoy like eighty model, eighties model, like Chevy and GMC pickups. I, I like them, the box Chevys, you know. Yeah. There's a shitload of them, and they're almost like Tonka trucks, man. Like they make uh, replacement parts for them. You can go to a junkyard and get parts. There's just, there's a lot of options. And if you need to fix that motherfucker, you put the hood up and you can climb your fat ass in there and sit like you can put your ass down on the grill and bend over and fucking crank some shit out. If you need to, like it's a lot of fun. And I think we may have to go that route. I don't know shit about cars, but with YouTube and the internet, I think that I could probably work it out. And then maybe I have a cool truck for my kid to have one day, you know? That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe get yourself like um like an old 50s truck. See, I I don't want to go that far because I'm kind of a bitch in that I need like air conditioning and power steering. So, <laughs> maybe like a like a late 80s early 90s model pickup truck and uh We'll work that out. I think it'll be fun. Like some Tim Allen, Toolman, Taylor shit. We'll build a, a truck together. Well, that could be fun. Hmm. I'm not that handy. I'd fucking lose a finger or five. Yeah. My wife says I'm not handy. Everything I hang is crooked. It's my curse. I use a level every time, and every time it's crooked. It's <laughs> Joe crooked. It's just the that way sucks. it is, bro. You know? It's I, I'm, I live life a little crooked, a little slant. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, man. Just it, all you have to do is just tell her to turn her head. Just be like, just, just turn her head to the side. Then, then it's straight. It'll work, I promise. That's because you're looking at it head on, head on, honey. <laughs> look, look at it from an angle. Like, imagine you're laying down. Use your fucking imagination, bro. Why do you have to be so crazy? Fuck. Man, I got my fucking heart broke uh, a couple weeks ago, dude. I don't know if you've been keeping up, but uh, so I did an episode with uh, the creator directors of uh, a documentary about Ren and Snippy, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I kind of geeked out on it because I was like, this is awesome. This is a fucking documentary film about this thing. And then, like last week, come to find out, um, John Cristalucci, Lucci, the fucking guy that was the original, you know, creator of the show, uh, was doing some some creepy shit and like carrying on 
uh, relationships with underage girls and all that. And it's like admitted, and this whole thing blew up. So, like, now, you know, there's that. <laughs> but also, like, these guys who worked really hard on this fucking thing, like, it was done. It's in the can. <laughs> And now it's like... No pun intended, right? Oh, my God. I said... I text the guy, and I said, Ron, what the fuck, man? And he was like, dude, this isn't good. I said, so what? Like, I said, the whole time... Look, off the record, bro. Did did you not pick up? And he said, I swear to God, like, we never heard anything about it. No, nobody was weird. So there was, like, one person that was kind of like didn't want to talk about the dude but it wasn't like rude she just was kind of like no i'm good and they were like okay cool and that was it so yeah apparently he now this was after the fact so that's that's the thing that kind of hurts is the dude created the show was the artist and everything for like the first season and maybe part of the second i think or maybe just the first two i don't know but then they they kicked him out they were like, "All right, dude, you know this. Go on. We're gonna we're gonna take it from here." And he was real pissed about it, you know, like it was his obsession, and they took it away. So this is apparently some shit that happened a few years after that happened. But now it tarnishes the whole. I fucking love Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now it's a hashtag Me Too thing. Like this dude was straight up fucking like this 14 and 16 year old girl. That's fucking crazy. Dude. <laughs> I told him, I said, that's like doing a documentary on a rock band, and then, like, the week you release it, the lead singer fucking shoots somebody in the face. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> I think that actually happened with uh, one of those Christian rock bands, um, As I Lay Dying, I think. Somebody shot somebody in the face? No, the lead singer, like right before like something big was happening to him, uh, ended up trying to hire a uh, hit person to kill their wife. Oh, damn! <laughs> <laughs> That's no bueno. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like right before, right before, or right after, like their record contract or some shit. Are you a fan of the show Workaholics? Oh, I love that show. Have you seen Game Over? Game the new movie thing. Yeah. I watched it last night. Fucking hilarious. Dude. <laughs> now, I'm going to try not to not to get too spoiler. I don't really give a fuck. It's a hilarious movie, so if you see it on Netflix, watch that shit with the three dudes from Workaholics. I think it's called Game Over, Man. The uh, the belt scene. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, oh, fucking God. five minutes of dick and butthole that I did not need to see. <laughs> okay. So... It has been a very strange yesterday because I saw an unusual amount of dick on Netflix. And I've seen an unusual amount of dick on Netflix lately, and it just keeps popping up. And I'm just like, stop it. Why is there so? It's dick and titties. There's a lot of titties on Netflix, too. So my wife said, she goes, it's, it's a lot of titties. She's been watching Shameless. And it's, it's a lot of titties in that show if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I've seen Shameless. That's a Showtime show, though, so that's kind of cheating. Mm. Like, Showtime requires almost all their actresses to be nude. I think the only one they got away with from it was um, the one from Dexter. It's better than Cinemax. 
You know, I, I call Cinemax bumper porn. It's terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Like you put it on there, and they're just like, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, saw Conor McGregor's dick yesterday, along with Adam Devine. So two two dongs on the Netflix yesterday, and I've had enough. <laughs> I'm not okay with this. Uh, and then and then I go and I send you dick pics this morning and it's just it's just a dick parade for you. It's a barrage of cock and I'm I'm tired of it. <laughs> I had to hit it back for my wife out of respect. Now look, I don't know Conor McGregor. Uh, I know that he got crazy this week and got arrested and all kinds of shit's been happening. I saw a video. I'm pretty sure they're taking a WWE type uh, promo situation is what's happening. I saw the fucking video of what happened. Did you hear anything about this? Do you care to get into it with Conor McGregor? Uh, I'm I'm familiar with it. I'll let you go on. He fucking shows up at the UFC uh, because uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov was talking shit kind of to his training partner. Uh, I can't think of his fucking name. Anyway, um, so Conor flies to New York and shows up while all these assholes are getting on the bus to go to the the event and starts banging on the shit he's got like 10 of his friends and he picks up a dolly and he chucks it at the fucking window and breaks it and then the thing is there were people inside that were filming too so they have like five different angles of this little incident and one dude got pulled from the card because he got cut and it shows him sitting there with like a little dabble of blood running down between his fucking eyes. And I was like, that's a blade job. I've seen that before. That's WWE shit. Like, there's no way that he threw a dolly and cracked him right in the middle of his forehead and just cut him that little bit. Like, if you'd have showed me a gash on the back of his head or something, I'd have been like, oh shit, this dude's about to get paid. But this motherfucker's got like a dot in the middle between his eyes with a stream of blood running down his face and I'm like no he cut himself that's how that works <laughs> this is some this is some WWF shit you guys are trying to to get everybody back on the Connor train you know then he got arrested and they only gave him a $50,000 bail he's a he's a 100 millionaire you know what I'm saying fuck yourself but yeah you guys just want people he's to pay probably attention. broke though i've seen the way that he lives his life mm. I think a lot of that is given to him. He probably lives a little less extravagant in uh, Ireland. <laughs> you know, that's where his house is. I would imagine. Like, I bet that's his compound there. And then, like, everything he gets here is probably, you know, people are fucking just licking his ass these days. Just, hey, man, you want to drive this Bentley? You want to fucking. So. There's a the documentary about him on Netflix, too. I watched that. It's pretty good, man. I, I have a new respect for Conor McGregor. He's a bad motherfucker. I don't know what to say. I mean, he could beat my ass, but I. I oh, he could fuck. Uh, he could beat me and you up, probably with one hand. Like it's, and I'm not even saying like I'm not a pussy. I'm just saying it, it would definitely happen. I would succumb. <laughs> it wouldn't take long. I, I'm sorry. All the respect they, they, in the world. 
that'd be the one where like I just try and repeatedly kick him in the dick so many times that it ruptures. Well, just to try and win. It's a good target. That's how this whole fucking story came about. I was watching him weigh in for something, and he fucking stood on the scale, and then he stepped back, and he was like, "Something, you'll do nothing. I'm a fucking something, something." And he turned, and just the angle. He wasn't wearing a cup. This dude had a fucking panther tail poking out the front of his fucking underdraws and I said, oh no. <laughs> My wife didn't even see it. She goes, what? I go, oh man, I just saw Conor McGregor's cock. <laughs> she was like, yeah? I go, hold on, let me hit that back. It's like, you gotta see this. So, I don't know. It was weird. And, uh, yeah, then to follow that up with the other meat stick i was just like bro this is too much dong i gotta get i gotta get away from you they're probably showing all that just so that way like they really like help the people out when it comes to netflix and chill maybe like if they show enough genitals i will say this uh and i don't really care if it's a spoiler there's plenty of other funny shit in the movie because uh, that wasn't the only dick i'll give you that <laughs> there there were plenty more dicks in that uh in that film uh, the the scene is that they're about to be found by these mercenary guys and so they panic and Adam Devine takes his belt off and he snaps it you know kind of like you do when you're going to give somebody a whipping <laughs> he fucking pops it and he's like it's been a while but I think this is going to work and then the other two dudes hide and the, the mercenary dudes come in and they're looking around and they open the closet and Adam Devine is standing there with his belt tied around his neck and around the closet the the thing so it looks like he's auto erotic asphyxiation jacking off and like hung himself <laughs> and then some other shit happens after that but just that scene he's standing there with his dick in his hand like holding still and like staring at the floor and they're like whoa Check out this freaky motherfucker. <laughs> it was. I mean, we've all been there before, right? That was a beautiful plan, and I think I'm gonna have to log that away and just hope that not everybody watches that movie <laughs> because it might save your life one day. <laughs> if you're if you're about to be found, and and shit is going down, just take your belt off and make it look like you're checking yourself while you're jacking off. <laughs> with quotes around making it look like that's what you're doing reality that's really what you should be doing you should start practicing now Mm. that shit is dangerous ladies and gentlemen don't be doing that shit what you have to do is you have to keep a a lemon wedge in your mouth right Mm -hmm. and so that way what happens is if you lose consciousness uh you have a bite automatic bite response and you'll bite down on the lemon wedge and it shoots the tart flavor into your mouth and down the back of your throat that you'll actually regain consciousness well fun facts brought to you by biff swayze so for all you auto erotic asphyxiators out there that's a tip just a tip (laughs) just the tip (laughs) i found out that a thousand people a year die from auto erotic asphyxiation they could have saved themselves if they would have just had a lemon. I said a jack strap. I'm going to invent some shit and take it on Shark Tank. It's basically just like a, a, a strap with a cup link in the middle of it that's got like, I don't know, 100 pounds of pressure on it. So you could lean on it and it would choke the shit out of you. But like if you lose consciousness, then it's kind of like the gas pump 
hoses. <laughs> you know, like it's they won't come off unless you you yank them real fucking hard, but they will detach so that you don't spray gas everywhere. It's the same principle, but so when you're jacking off instead of dying, you uh, you know maybe fall off and just get a concussion or something. But you're still gonna be there with your dick in your hand if somebody finds you. So you know we'll save some lives, at least a thousand. <laughs> just just. Uh... Every rope should just come with a, a bag of lemons. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, when life hands you lemons, you how to erotic asphyxiate. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh man, I think the the baby's stirring, so it's about that time. Biff, we've been talking for about an hour, man. That's good. No, Jody, it's, it's gonna it's work. It's been real, buddy. It's good catching up. I'd like to tell you you can catch him online, but you can't. So <laughs> go. Uh, I'm like yourself. a rare fucking Pokemon. You watch me, hipsters. Oh, you can't. I tell people, Biff. He's the producer. He pays the bills, and that's why we love him, and we keep his name on the sign. So fuck off. Uh, hope you have a wonderful Sunday, and uh, I'm gonna get this shit run down so we can uh, get it up, motherfucker. Take it easy, Jody. Thanks for letting me on. All right, bye. Motherfucking Biff Swayze. That's my buddy. I say buddy. I know him well enough. He helps me out. And he believed. He believes in me. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, guys. I gotta get out of here. Um, it's been real. Thank you for listening. And, uh... Yeah, be sure to to like, subscribe. We're getting to that point, you know. We're gonna try to 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 make shit interesting. So tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friends, mama. Uh, at Po Boy Pod on Twitter at Jody B five hundred one. If you want to get in touch, we're on the ASN Radio Network. You can find that online. Just Google it. And, uh, yeah, man, you motherfuckers, take it easy. I'll see you next week. Black ocean, cold and dark. I am the hungry shark, fast and merciless. But the only girl that could talk to him just couldn't swim. Tell me what's worse than this. And the echoes in the halls, they dance along the walls, the memories of your bones. You were the one that I used to love, and I'm still in love, and I never loved you the most. I've seen better days, so afraid in my youth. I can't breathe, restless belief. You give me everything you have, every little thing you have. I see your best and worst and not your worst You're still the best, but that my best I am the worst It's a curse, your eyes are lined in pain Black tears don't hide in red And I tied you to the tracks When I turned around, I heard the sound I hit the ground, I know there's no turning back I've seen
Try. 